Hey everybody, welcome back to the preview. This is Genesis chapter 3 and Genesis chapter 4. So there are two things that I want you to know as we go into these two chapters. And there's an easy way for you to remember them. Number one is the fall, and number two is the fallout. The fall and the fallout. The fall obviously represents chapter 3, and the fallout is chapter 4. The fall is whenever Adam and Eve sin for the first time. And whenever they sin, it's not like one sin just happens. It's that whenever they sin, it's as if it opens the gate, and sin itself and its consequences just enter into the world, both mankind and creation. And it begins, the reason that it even happens is because the serpent, this is who we recognize as Satan, the tempter, the tempter comes and he tries to distort God's word, his command, to uh, Eve, specifically. And the phrase that he uses is, he says, did God actually say? Did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? Did God actually say that you will surely die? He didn't say you will surely die. And so he tries to distort God's word to Eve. And this is his method of temptation even into today. Did God actually say? We see this now, even in our understandings of various issues that Christianity has been pretty united on for quite some time in Christian history, whether it be marriage and gender, uh, just to name a couple of hot-button issues right now. Well, the progressive Christianity would like to say, did God actually say this? The tempter would like to say, did God actually say this? It could happen on a broad scale. It could happen in your life. Did God actually Say he didn't want you to do this. It may be there that this urge that you're feeling, it would be in your best interest. Maybe God doesn't have your best interest in mind. Or maybe you can have one and the other. Maybe you can have your cake and eat it too. Maybe you could have this sin and your salvation. Or maybe you can have this, uh, th this sin and you can have a close walk with God and there be no consequences. Well, that's why it's important that we read chapters 3 and 4 together. You have the fall where Adam and Eve, they do sin in the first few verses, and then they, they find themselves to be naked. There is this shame. They hide themselves from God when he shows up in the garden. When they admit to him, they confess that they have sinned. He curses them and the serpent. He curses the serpent. And what's interesting is when he curses the serpent, we see in the middle of what is the worst thing that's ever happened to Adam and Eve, this curse from God, we see a little tiny seed of the gospel. This is the first gospel ever. It says in Genesis 3.15, I will put enmity between you, serpent, and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise your heel. And this is a prophecy about the future destruction of Satan and sin and the overcoming of Christ over death. And we see this right in the middle of really, really bad news. A very dark time, a very dark chapter. We see just this little seed of light and the rest of the Bible will flesh this out. So he curses the serpent. and says he'll be destroyed by the offspring of the woman. He curses Eve and says childbearing is going to be really awful. He curses Adam and he says that your work is going to be laborious and unfruitful. And then he casts them out of the garden. 
he, he tells them you can't uh, he, he they uh, the members of the Trinity speak amongst themselves and say they, they can't be sinful and eat the tree of life, which seems to be something that will give them eternal life. So they would have no hope of redemption, but they uh, they they have to kick them out of the garden. So they kick them out of the garden, and they place God places a angel at the garden uh, with a flaming sword, so that they can't come back in. And so that is the fall. And now in chapter four, you have the fallout, which is the the aftermath, the catastrophe of consequence, and. Rather than just telling us what will happen, that sin now has entered the world and death as a result, the Bible shows us in a story of Cain and Abel, two brothers, the sons of Adam and Eve, the first two people to be actually born, if you think about it that way. The first two people that were ever born in the world were Cain and Abel. In Cain and Abel, Abel was a a shepherd and Cain was a farmer. And they both offered these offerings of the, the, uh, their, their crops or their flocks to God. Abel had a good one. Cain did not. God did not accept Cain's offering, and that made him mad. God says to Abel, sin is crouching at your door. And in the very next verse, it says Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. And I think this tells us why this story is even included. Because the fall brings sin and death into the world. That, this answers the question that Satan asked. Did God say you can eat or you'll surely die? And the answer is yes, you will surely die. Sin and death now are in the world. And it was not God's original intention for either of those things to be a part of his creation. And, and it, it comes so quickly that the very children of Adam and Eve, uh, uh, because of sin... One of their children kills another one. So Cain kills Abel. And then at the very end of chapter 4, in the early chapters, God had told Adam and Eve to be fruitful and multiply. There was nobody in the earth. They had to populate the earth. And when they were going to be fruitful and multiply, they were multiplying life. And still, in a sense, they multiply life. But at the very end, it lists some of the... Descendants of Adam and Eve, and what's sad is now that sin and death has entered the world, and that we see demonstrated through Cain and Abel. Now, whenever we hear about Seth and all of the descendants of Adam between Adam and Noah, as listed in chapter 5, whenever Adam and Eve are fruitful and multiply, they multiply death. And they multiply sin because sin and death are rampant in the world and throughout God's creation. And this sets the scene for why that little seed of the gospel that God mentions, that there will be an offspring of the woman who will crush the head of the serpent, that that little seed will grow and sprout and blossom into a fully explained and demonstrated and acted out in history redemptive plan rising up from that one little seed. And so in chapters 3 and 4, we see the the need for salvation presented because of sin in the garden. And so I, I, I want you especially to take note of how Adam and Eve end up sinning and what exactly it was that the tempter said. He wanted to distort their understanding of the Word of God and cause them to either uh, forget what God had said or to fail to trust God 
to have their best interests at heart. And that's what I want to encourage us to today. Stay close to the Word of God in your reading so that if you're tempted and you feel as if that Satan is tempting you, saying, did God really say you shouldn't do this or you'd be better off if you didn't do this or it's unwise to do this thing? Did God really say that? And so stay close to the Word of, of God so you can know if God re- what God really said. And then uh, stay, uh, stay, stay focused on uh, his, his word and carrying out what he, he said. And so this is a, an important thing for us to remember. Did God actually say it? Yes, he did. So uh, when, when you're being tempted, remember to run to the word of God. And that's my encouragement for you today. Thanks.